Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Dr. Ron from Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored, here on Blog Talk Radio. We are here each and every Tuesday at 4 p.m., bringing you the latest medical commentary. We will bring you very interesting guests. We can be reached at 347-989-8899 or, of course, on the Internet at blogtalkradio.com. I thank you for making this the number one listen to medical program here in South Florida, and we will get on with the show very shortly. Thank you. Wow, do you believe this, ladies and gentlemen? This is Dr. Ron here with Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored. This was supposed to be a day off, but by overwhelming numbers of emails and by uh, consultation with Dr. Dan and Dr. Jerry, here we are. And do we have a surprise for you today? Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Thank you for making us a popular radio show and We hope to continue to give you alternatives to the traditional medicine that is failing us so badly. Today, we were going to talk about how we have uh, experienced a decrease in lifespan for the first time. Number three cause of death in this country is doctors and medication. So there is something wrong with our paradigm. So uh, we're going to save that discussion for next week. Uh, Dr. Jerry Smith has been kind enough to give us a great uh, guest today, and we'll talk more about him in a minute. Let's start out by giving you uh, the information you need to contact us. Uh, we are at 347-989-8899. That number can be used to call in and listen to the show. You can also listen to us on blogtalkradio.com. Just in the search box for Dr. Ron, it'll take you right to this show. You can send us an email at docronradio, D-O-C-R-O-N-R-A-D-I-O, docronradio at gmail.com. And if you, you can also like us at Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored on Facebook. We, that re- we really appreciate you doing that, actually. On Facebook, Dr. Ron Unfiltered Uncensored. Well, let's start out because we should have a uh, jam-packed show once things get going. Uh, let's start out by uh, keeping the lawyers happy. This program contains general medical information. The medical information heard on this program is not advice and should not be treated as such. The information is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice diagnosis or treatment. You should never delay seeking medical advice, disregard medical advice, or discontinue medical treatment because of information heard on this program. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from this program with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. That being said, I want to again thank Dr. Mark Blackstein uh, Tremendous guest a couple of weeks ago. Uh, uh, he will re- rejoin us next next year and and talk about diabetes and uh, uh, the Beamer. And this sounds I remember it because it sounds like a BMW. We we'll talk about the Beamer. 
Today we have Dr. Mark Starr. We'll let Dr. Jerry talk to you more about that when, when I introduce him. And we do have with us today Dr. Uh, Jerry S- uh, Smith from uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and Dr. Dan. Dr. Dan, are you there? I sure am. Good afternoon, Dr. Ron, Dr. Jerry. How are you Dr. doing Jerry? today? I'm doing We're great. Doing um, I'm great. more excited now than uh, after Dr. Ron bailed me out here. <laughs> Well, you are incredible Well, you know, I do see that our guest has called in So I'm not going to keep him uh, waiting I thought he was a local physician But he's actually from Phoenix, Arizona And the uh, author of a book uh, on thyroid Called Hypothyroidism Type 2, The Epidemic But I'll let Dr. Jerry introduce him And then I am uh, ready for bear with uh, Dr. Mark Starr well, thank you, Dr. Ron. Uh, I've known Mark at least eight years, and um, he's one of the most incredible medical doctors that I've come across. And the reason for that is because he's from the heart. You know, he's not um, calloused. He he's, wants to heal his patients, but he has their credentials, and that's what you know kind of blew my circuits. I mean, this guy has paid his dues. I mean, he's studied with some of the the top people in the world, you know, like Hans Krauss and Norman Marcus and William Ray, Lawrence Sunkin, Jerry Tennant. And, uh, you know, he has the credentials. He he has the knowledge. He lectures internationally. And he's discovered an underlying problem with with, uh, hypothyroidism that's linked to, to heart attacks, to chronic fatigue, yet to diabetes, mental uh, you know, emotional issues, uh, Alzheimer's. So anyway, I'm going to let Mark uh, introduce himself and um, kind of give you a little overview about his findings with hypothyroidism and how powerful of a uh, problem it is in medicine that is being ignored. So anyway, Mark, thank you so much for coming on the show, and um, it's all yours. Oh, well, I can use all the help I can get. So, <laughs> no problem. Yeah. Join, join, join this crew here, Mark, because we're in the same position. <laughs> well, I've got it all at the tip of my fingers. It's just my memory uh, doesn't serve me well sometimes. But um, I was very pleased to be on your show. I, um, I was board certified as a physical medicine doctor, and that's how I got to meet um, Dr. Krauss. He was also a physical medicine doctor. He treated President Kennedy for his back pain, and um, he met an endocrinologist who taught and treated me, Dr. Lawrence Sonkin, MD, PhD at the Cornell New York Hospital Medical Center, his whole career, and he and two of his other colleagues um, treated uh, doc- uh, President Kennedy's hormone problems. So Dr. Sonkin... And Gene Cohen was President Kennedy's endocrinologist. So famous people, big big wigs who knew what they were doing. And I was fortunate enough, Dr. Krauss was 90 years old when I was studying with him. He was a pain doctor, orthopedist, and got rid of most of President Kennedy's back pain. And I, uh, I, I was treated by him as well. So I was one of his last students and one of his last patients. He pioneered the uh, trigger point injections, 
and thought that he could obviate the need for about 80% of orthopedic surgeons surgeries. So, and I found that to be true as well, and I followed in their footsteps. Um, I thought I was low thyroid at the University of Missouri where I went to medical school, but they kept telling me I wasn't despite the fact I had so many symptoms of low thyroid. So the thyroid symptoms include cold intolerance, joint and muscle pain, depression, fatigue, uh, obesity, uh, puffy skin, headaches, constipation, um, long-term sequelae include heart disease, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, high cholesterol. and menstrual difficulties, acne, uh, propensity toward cancers. just goes on and on and on. Um, I think I have 60 pages on the symptoms in the Type 2 book, and it's, uh, it never surprises me the fact that uh, the endocrinologist, the doctors who are taught to treat uh, low thyroid uh, are taught that if you have a normal blood test called a TSH, then it doesn't matter how many symptoms you have, uh, you're okay. So hypothyroidism uh, was, was first coined in the late 1800s, and um, the first cure was in 1891. Dr. Broda Barnes was a, is a, was a Ph.D. M.D. at the University of Chicago Medical Center, and he did a ton of research there. And uh, one of his um, books is called Hypothyroidism, the Unsuspected Illness. So um, I got a hold of that book, and I uh, started writing my own not too long after that. So it took five and a half years to uh, write my first book, I went through library storage material because uh, none of the more recent research uh, indicated anything other than the blood test that really is an erroneous uh, test. So why don't we start with some uh, questions? I can keep on talking, but I'm a little bit tangential today, I think. Well, I first, a a, yeah. uh, first got to stress to our audience, please get Mark's book, I, I reread it uh, numerous times because every time I go through it, I, I pick up another pearl. It's very well written, very well documented, and you'll know more than your endocrinologist after you read the book, but it's written in, in terms that a layperson can really understand. So that's number one. But number two, um, have you seen a lot of um, you know the uh, Alzheimer's-type relationships, Parkinson's related with hypothyroidism? I have been treating patients for oh, over 35 years now, and by treating the thyroid properly, I have never, you know, doing, I, I also do supplements and nutrition, of course, but I, I have never had a patient develop Alzheimer's in all that time. Actually, uh, Broda Barnes did a research study on heart attacks, and there were, oh, pardon me. Let me see if I can get rid of this noise. 
There we go. So he did a long-term study. Um, he was MD, PhD at the University of Chicago, and he knew that the low thyroid uh, caused accelerated hardening of the arteries, and it also caused decreased immunity. So uh, there was a study called the Framingham study back in 1948. The cardiologist, the American Heart Association, started a study because heart disease became epidemic uh, after World War II, and nobody was certain why. But Dr. Broda Barnes uh, thought he knew why, and studied in Graz, Austria, where everybody who has uh, died, two-thirds of the population anyway, and uh, has had an autopsy. He studied 70,000 autopsy studies over 18 years and came up with a huge wealth of information. So are you familiar with the research? I think well, um, I am. Yeah, I read Broda Barnes and stuff. But what's exciting is that I remember in his 20 years of research, his group had the lowest heart attack rate of of any group in the country because they took natural thyroid hormone. That's correct. So he he uh, the Framingham study was a 5,000 person study to try to figure out why the heart attacks were mushrooming in severity. Let me see if I can pull that one up. So I apologize. I had a bit of a migraine today, so I'm a little scattered. So let's see. Um, oh my, I don't know. I've got a migraine. I might have to go take a pill and come back. <laughs> how about, that, how about if I... Dr. Stark, yeah. maybe we can just go without the Framingham because uh, you've talked about that and uh, our, our audience does know something about it. How about uh, we have a little bit of disagreement with Dr. Jerry and myself. Dr. Jerry uh, is convinced that the uh, uh, basal body temperature is enough to diagnose the thi- underactive thyroid. I have a medical degree also, and my impression is you need some blood studies, and I'm, I'm especially concerned about autoantibodies toward the thyroid gland because I think that would influence the the kind of medication you would use to treat it. Maybe you could talk something about that. Well, I hate to say it, but I think you're right. Um, another research scientist uh, named Dr. Jerry Tennant uh, found the body keeps its temperature constant about 37 degrees. Um, the temperature regulating centers are found in the preoptic area. Uh, the hypothalamus controls the uh, temperature as well, and skin receptors, 
temperature sensitive signals, pre-optic area. Let's see, control the producing and conserving reactions of the body. So I did rely on the basal body temperature for quite some time, but like brown fat in the body in infants and some animals uh, cause thermogenesis, the piloerection, the chili bumps also uh, increase temperature. So adrenaline secretion from the adrenal medulla uh, increases temperature as well. So the shivering center of the hypothalamus is also activated involuntarily. Uh, contraction of the skeletal muscles cause shivering, which generates heat. So uh, the controls and temperature in the adrenals and the adrenal medulla uh, are about 90% of the people I see in my office uh, are deficient in adrenaline. So anyway, I agree. You're correct. I no longer use the uh, basal temperature, although it is an indicator. The thyroid is one of the things that uh, controls the temperature. So and, sorry, and Jerry. It's, like, <laughs> it's, it's okay. Well, no, and, and we both agree that's a great way to screen people for uh, thyroid disease. Uh, but uh, the treatment of a person with, uh, uh, what would you say, not iatrogenic, but a person with uh, hypothyroidism that is that is not caused by uh, antibodies, uh, we I think Dr. Jerry and I agreed to use a desiccated type of thyroid preparation where maybe if there is antibodies to the thyroid, you don't like to do it. I'm, I'm sorry you're breaking up. I couldn't okay, sorry understand about the last couple sentences. Uh, I may have to go to, to a different way of... of uh, my, my, what, my point was that uh, if you have a, a hypothyroidism, it's no problem using the natural uh, uh, glandular thyroid as treatment, but if you have a Hashimoto's-type thyroid, you might want to use a synthetic uh, thyroid preparation. Yes, that's possible, although uh, I think some of the more recent research shows that the uh, desiccated thyroid may be the best no matter what the situation is. So I've, I've started giving desiccated thyroid to pretty much everybody. The uh, thyroid has four iodine molecules that's, uh, that make up the thyroid and tyrosine. So there's something called T2. So there's T1, one iodine, T2, two iodine, T3, and T4. So there are four iodine molecules, and they all have different properties. Uh, the treatment, I mean, the uh, thyroid hormone have different properties. And the... One of the most important is, is T2, so the one that has two iodine molecules because T2 controls the mitochondrial uh, energy in the body. So T2 is really important, and you don't get T2 if you're ordering, ordering the synthetics, uh, T4, 
63 typically. So um, that's go ahead. Okay, but also a lot a lot of toxicity in the thyroid is also you know wreaking havoc. And uh, I think that's the underlying reason for the autoimmune Hashimoto's because the few that I've treated uh, recently, they have toxins in there. When you remove the toxins, then the gland starts to work properly. Yes, toxicity is a big deal. And I think that's responsible for a whole lot of the thyroid problems because there are hundreds of something called endocrine disruptors, and they block the uh, ability of the hormones to work properly. So I've got something like six or eight pages in that type 2 book about all the endocrine disruptors. Uh, some of the more common ones are heavy metals, um, the phthalates, so anything that is plastic leaks a petroleum product called phthalates, P-H-T-H-L-A-T-E-S, and that uh, blocks thyroid function. Even the pediatricians know that these days. So basically to recommend no no plastic containers for drinks or packing your food or saran wrap. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to do these days. But I always recommend either stainless steel or glass. Right. And how about so, all the um, the pesticides that are getting into our food today? They they must have phthalates and, and uh, endocrine disruptors. Yes, well, there are at least a couple hundred that have been identified and probably far more than that because the FDA doesn't vet them. <laughs> so, so, we know yeah. about the FDA. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, so, uh, Dr. Go ahead. Dr. Starr, so if you treat, you, you make the diagnosis and uh, uh, apply the uh, treatment necessary, I'm sure you know about... Uh, uh, William Jeffries, Dr. Jeffries. Oh sure, uh, they treat the cortisol. Yeah. So, wait. So could you can you expand a little bit on the uh, synergistic uh, relationship between the adrenals and the thyroid? Well, you can't uh, you can't uh, convert T4 to T3 if you don't have cortisol. So T4 is the most common thyroid hormone that you can feel on your Adam's apple, that that's the main thing it produces. T3 is at least five times more potent. And then there's the T2 and the T1, the four different types of uh, thyroid. So uh, the adrenals are extremely important. You can't, without adrenal function, the thyroid doesn't convert the T4 to T3, which is necessary for the thyroid to work. So I use lots of glandular thyroid. I do occasionally use some of the cortisol or hydrocortisone that Dr. Jeffries expounded uh, in his book. But uh, try to stay away from them in general if possible. But some people have to have them. Uh, Dr. Broda Barnes found research showing that if you take enough thyroid, as in desiccated thyroid, and I believe it's also the synthetic thyroid, you uh, can tolerate the hydrocortisone, which is called a glucocorticoid in the similar uh, class as prednisone. So the reason prednisone causes uh, decreased immune function and bone loss and a host of other symptoms 
is because the um, prednisone suppresses every aspect of thyroid function. So Dr. Jeffries found that if you could use plenty of the thyroid, which is usually you know a whole lot more than what they've been prescribing for the last 45 or almost half a century, uh, that you could obviate the need, you could obviate the, the deleterious effects of the cortisol. So that was a big deal. That was 1950 when they found out that, but it was never carried on throughout the years. Well, how about the fact of taking the synthetic, like uh, Synthroid, will that have a tendency of shutting down the thyroid? Well, it it doesn't. It all it has is T4, and for instance, in order to convert T4 into T3, there are quite a number of things that have to be have to be in in the in the works. So the conversion of T4 to T3 requires iodine, selenium, zinc, iron, progesterone, glutathione, cortisol and hydrogen peroxide, which is typically uh, made in the body by taking vitamin C. So there's a ton of, uh, there's seven things actually that need the, to be in, in place for the conversion of T4 to T3. So, and one of which is cortisol. So, so anyway, that's... Yeah, many people are deficient in, in a lot of the minerals that you mentioned, the selenium and um, and so forth. Uh, too much carbohydrates in the diet suppress the minerals. Yeah, we need good, clean water and lots of nutrition in order for the thyroid conversion to happen. So let's see, what else can we Doctor, talk about? Dr. Starr, this is Dr. Dan. How are you doing? Um, I'm, I'm a question for you. If you take the desiccated thyroid, which I believe in personally, does it kind of take care of all these seven factors that you were talking about that you need in order to convert the T4 to T3? No, no, I don't think it does. Okay, it's not enough. It's still better. Yeah, it's better than the uh, synthetic, the, the Synthroid or Levothyroxine. Yes, yeah. But no, you need... That was uh, Jerry Tennant's uh, research that showed that you needed all those supplements to convert T4 to T3. You need so, the uh, vitamin C, the iron, and selenium, and so forth. Yes. Okay. And if you don't use uh, enough of those supplements, you can get uh, the reverse T3. Mm -hmm. So, so the RT3 uh, is uh, so the. T3 is the most important thyroid hormone out of all four, and you have to have uh, all those supplements in order to uh, convert the T4 into T3. But if you don't have those supplements, you can oftentimes your body will start making the reverse T3. Mm -hmm. And what that is is the in the deiodinases, which I'm sure are most of our listeners aren't familiar with at all, but they control uh, the enzymes in our pituitary and and the rest of the body. And if there's the T3 receptors can get clogged up by the reverse T3 receptors, 
and then you can have big trouble uh, when you start giving thyroid because you can feel worse instead of better. I think the uh, Stop the Thyroid Madness book was the first time I read about the reverse T3, and now it's pretty well known, although it wasn't in my book because I didn't learn it soon enough. Well, my book was six prints over a number of years. So do you pay attention to the reverse T3, Dr. Dan? Oh, yes, yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, the reverse T3 is important also. You get that checked, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so that's well, extremely Dr. important. Dr. Starr, uh, the reverse T3 is elevated uh, with a chronic infection, I would think, and uh, what other conditions would you associate with a, uh, with a physician or a patient should ask a physician to say, you know what, you're checking my blood test, so why don't we check a reverse T3? Right. Well, uh, there's so many things, including the deiodinases, that uh, prevent proper function of the thyroid. So let's see. Stress. I've, I've got it here somewhere. Let me see if I can find it. So hang on a sec. Um, let's see. Sorry, I probably should have canceled this. No, you're you're doing fine. <laughs> I uh, haven't had a migraine for years. So let's see. So the T3. Let's see. Sorry. Let's see. Well, how about the fact that uh, cholesterol is one of the High cholesterol used to be diagnostic of hypothyroid. So uh, in the 1930s, uh, one of the doctors recommended that using high cholesterol was uh, the best test to determine hypothyroidism. And, you know that that has not been shown true, but it's one of the main things that that I see that is, you know is a huge problem with the regular physicians. So, well, that's why they want to keep pushing the statin drugs to treat the symptom. Right. Yeah. So let's see. Well, well, while we're going through that, Doctor uh, Star. Uh, the TSH values that are typically, quote unquote, normal that our patients are and listeners are getting. Uh, a lot of physicians, a lot of natural practicing physicians, feel that the TSH is too high, and maybe the upper limit of normal should be somewhere around two. What's your What's your feeling about that? Yes, exactly. You agree yeah, with that? Uh, the uh, the real uh, uh, number should be somewhere maybe 0.1 even on the low number up to uh, 2. So much, much more uh, stringent. Uh, so you can give a whole lot more thyroid that way because if they, if they, the doctors have been taught that if the TSH is 
uh, too low, you're on too much. So uh, a lower, and it's not, it's not true that you're on too much. So... so so, so we you you would agree that so from point three to two is a range for TSH. Yes, I would. And how about pulse? Do you ever factor that into it? A low pulse in a non-athletic, you know, patient. Um, well, that's one of the many symptoms. You know, the uh, blood pressure is one of the things you want to test because. Uh, once again, the blood pressure numbers are too low as well. So you want to have a good blood pressure. It's more like 140 or 50 over 70, 80, 85. So mm-hmm. that's that's a good blood pressure, and it's a, a problem. Let's see. Well, before we meet reverse D3, when I was practicing, which is over 10 years now, but um, heavy metal toxicity and stress and infection, uh, I felt really affected the thyroid and, and increased the reverse T3 and made patients a hypothyroid. Did you find that also? Yes, yeah, I agree completely. Yeah, and a then lot the of other that comes is, from the mouth, yeah. The fluoride right. is toxic. It... it uh, slowly but surely burns out your thyroid gland, the fluoride and the amount of water uh, that they put in. And the toothpaste. Yeah, that's extremely toxic. I've seen some toothpaste with 5,000 parts per per billion in the toothpaste, which to me is like crazy. Yeah. 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 So the uh, the, the fluoride, uh, Dr. Tennant also, once again, found that... uh, Fluoride not only destroys the thyroid gland slowly but surely and the amount that's in our water, but it also uh, can cause, it It replaces the um, thyroid hormone with the fluoride. The, the halides are uh, in the periodic chart in the same... Um, yeah, column with the iodine, right? Column with the iodine, right. So fluoride is at the top of the list, which means it has a higher affinity than does... Uh, so fluoride is top of the list. Uh, chlorine is second. Um, let's see, is iodine... Bro- bromine. Bromine. Bromine, bromine and iodine, yeah. Iodine's fourth. So um, Dr. Tennant found research showing that the... Um, the fluoride, rather, the, uh, can replace the thyroid hormones. So you can make fake uh, thyroid hormones if you have fluoride in the water. Yeah. yeah. And um, the, you can, he found that you can also convert the, the T4 into T3 and have the fake T3 fluoride as well. So the fluoride is really one of the worst things you can put in the water, and it really destroys your thyroid gland and the dosages that are in the water and profoundly, you know, uh, curtails the thyroid. So you can't make ATP. The fluoride's such a booger, you can't make ATP. 
And Dr. Dr. Starr, what is your opinion on all the soy products that everybody's pushing now and uh, the gluten as it it pertains to the thyroid? Oh, well, the the, um, soy shuts down the whole uh, endocrine system. So there was one study in my book showing that the uh, half the half the patients in one month of high soy developed goiters, and the soy is terrible for the endocrine gland. So yes, you need to avoid it. Even the uh, different different varieties of soy, they're all bad basically, and mostly genetically uh, engineered these days. Right. So definitely have to stay away from that. So, well, Dr. Starr, also, uh, we all, you know, talk about the hormones energy to disseminate on the thyroid, the adrenal, and the sex glands. How, how do you treat You're breaking up, Ron. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't okay. understand. Uh, yeah, you're breaking up. I can't even understand you. Nope. Now I can nope. hear you. What was your question? I'm sorry. I'll come back on a different line. You're still breaking up. Yeah, he said he's going to get a different line, I think. The mic is or something, yeah. Uh, but um, how about with the thyroid in relationship to IQ? Oh, sure. Well, both the uh, fluoride and low thyroid uh, are responsible for low IQ and the um, so yeah low thyroid and then also your brother uh, spoke about the the cesium-137 coming over from Fukushima attacking the thyroid in the hearts and, uh, oh yeah, yeah. It goes right for the heart. The, thy- the cesium. Yep. Yeah. It's terribly toxic. I tell most of my patients out here in the in the West Coast not to eat the fish because it's full of toxins. Number one, the bigger the fish, the worse biomagnification. But uh, especially the cesium, and I think it's uh, maybe very well be in Alaska as well. So. So that's so a big problem too. Just more toxins, 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 toxins. Yeah, let's remember uh, Stephen spoke about the, the children having a greater affinity for the cesium-137 for their thyroid and hearts, which I'm sure in five, ten years you're going to see an increase in thyroid and heart problems in the youngsters. Yeah, I think uh, Hawaii has the highest uh, amount of thyroid cancer. Wow. And and. Hawaii got hammered with the cesium. Right from the Fukushima. Yeah. So would the zeolite help to counteract that? Or I know your brother mentioned pectin from Apple. Yeah, Apple pectin. That's what he recommended. Yeah. It's inexpensive. And so the Apple a day is definitely uh, one that should be the top of the list. (laughs) Yeah. So... The other thing I want to ask you about chronic pain, I know this is your specialty, that uh, I know I find in my practice that a high percentage, I'm talking probably 75%, uh, 
uh, even a little bit more, of chronic pain patients have underactive thyroids. Have you found that type of connection? Yes. Yes, I did a research study that's in my book. Uh, I'm a, I was board certified in pain, and the um, I did. I realized after a couple of years of treating my pain patients that they all, despite the fact they thought they were normal and that's the way they were, they had cold hands and feet and uh, painful muscles, and so. I did a study using a basal metabolism, which used to be the standard of care. At the local hospital, had an old basal metabolism for their cardiac patients, and I did 50 patients who had normal thyroid blood tests, uh, basal metabolism, because it does have an effect you know, when it's done properly, and so there's a normal metabolism, and uh, so my patients averaged 15% below normal, and some of them were 30% or even 40% below normal who had normal thyroid studies. So once again, uh, you know, the, the blood tests weren't picking it up because there were 50 patients who had normal studies, but those were all my pain patients. So the pain patients have a very high... Uh, incidence of uh, low thyroid. Well, you know, I also find this with the fibromyalgia patients that a high percentage also has underactive thyroid because that causes the buildup of the toxins and in, in the diffuse patterns of the you know cells of the body. So you got pain all over the place. Yeah, especially uh, the the medical term for hypothyroidism is called myxedema. So right. mixed means mucin, a Latin term, and mucin is a normal constituent of our connective tissues, uh, but it accumulates in abnormal amounts. And the edema is a firm type of swelling, and I have pictures on my website, I believe, that uh, before treatment, after treatment, uh, pictures where the uh, swelling in the skin normalizes and the patients lose 50 pounds or more, when they get rid of the mucin. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I had a patient a couple years back who had an underactive thyroid that was totally missed by the medical community. And after putting her on a natural thyroid hormone, the nature thyroid, she lost like 77 pounds, you know, over a period of like six months. But, you know, no change in exercise or diet, just got her thyroid working. Yeah, no, that's a huge, a huge deal. And they're, a number of books out there, you know, uh, what's causing your, what's causing you to be fat, and it's thyroid. It's all about thyroid. So many mm-hmm. of the different books. And Dr. Star, I'm back again. I hope, I hope I'm back again. Yeah, you're clear now. Uh, now I can understand right. you. I thought you were talking Chinese. <laughs> I was. I, I wanted to see how good, how good he was. You know, he's out there in Phoenix. You know, wherever he's out. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Star. Uh, I, my my original the question I had before the microphone died was about uh, the symphony of the uh, thyroid, adrenals, and sex glands. Uh, in my practice, I couldn't you know I couldn't treat one without being aware of the other two. And right. I wanted to know what 
your feeling is about that. And then my second question would be, if you do diagnose an underactive thyroid and the person still has that fatigue, and that could be a practice in itself, a fatigue clinic, uh, where do you go from there? Well, with regard to the sex glands, the uh, none of the hormones uh, function properly without iodine, number one. And number two, you know, all the, the uh, they're called cretins. If you don't have a thyroid hormone when you're born, you are a mentally de- retarded dwarf, and your uh, sex glands don't don't uh, develop. So I've had uh, what another thing that happens with the thyroid is the uh, uh, bone uh, epiphyses don't fuse oftentimes. So I had a 30-some-year-old woman develop uh, breast cancer, I mean, uh, big boobs and hips, and she'd always been slender and didn't have either. And at age 36, when I gave her the desiccated thyroid, she grew boobs and uh, hips. And that's another indicator, you know, of how important the thyroid is. But yes, so what was your question again? The question is, number one question was, uh, don't you have to consider that at least those three uh, endocrine glands, the thyroid, the adrenals, and the sex glands, when you're treating either, uh, say you're treating the thyroid, don't you have to consider the adrenal and the sex glands in your uh, workup? Yes. Well, I've had, including my aged aged father when he was uh, in his 80s, I gave him some testosterone, and he re- recovered his uh, ability to obtain an erection. <laughs> so I, I agree. the hormones, the hormones are extremely important. Anybody, you know, over the age of 40 or 50 that's having hormone problems might benefit greatly by supplying the hormones they need. But yes, so I agree if, with your uh, premise anyway. The Sex hormones, you know, they don't work without the iodine and the thyroid working right. as well. So if you you have a person, you treat it for thyroid, they're feeling overwhelmed, they're stressed, they're still having uh, like this brain fog, they're having cravings for sweets, uh, they have dark circles under their eyes. Where do you go? Where do you go next? The VA. <laughs> they came from the VA. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, yeah, the starting place most of the time is the thyroid and adrenals and um you know, detoxification as we were talking earlier. Uh pretty much every I tell everybody all to do is eat, drink and bathe these days to become toxic. So you need a good water filtration device. And um you need healthy food that doesn't have GMO in it. The genetically modified things are toxic to the body. So, um, and the clay packs work really well too, putting them over the thyroid gland to help pull heavy metals and toxins out. There's lots of ways. I, I personally like the um, far infrared saunas. They, they, you know, so you sweat the uh, toxins out. Dr. Ray's clinic has, is the number one environmental medicine clinic in the country, and they've been doing the uh, 
the um, dry saunas and far infrared saunas for decades and decades, and you know supplement with some minerals and so on. So, you know, because you're going to lose good minerals along with the toxins, and keep a towel in there so you wipe it off so it doesn't get reabsorbed. And also, the the iodine is reported to kick fluoride and bromine and chlorine off the receptor sites for the thyroid and heavy metals also. Is that true? Oh, yes. Iodine is extremely important, and you need a good dose, at least 12.5 milligrams. Now, do you have Um, a preference for any iodine formulas that are out there? uh, The Lugol's Lugol's iodine, you don't want to get the tinctures because they have... Uh, like one or two percent, the one or two percent you're talking uh, about. Well, the only one you can purchase these days, legally anyway, is the two percent, two point two percent. The FDA thinks that uh, a lot of people are uh, making methamphetamine, uh, <laughs> the iodine crystals, which are necessary wow. for the iodine crystals, but they've curtailed the. Uh, 5% Lugol's iodine, which was always the standard of care for quite some time. So now you can't buy the uh, 5% without a special prescription. Uh, yeah, you need a prescription. Yeah. Or, um, or some people can get it online. Some people are really good, and I've had some patients getting desiccated thyroid from Thailand lately. Wow. Wow. Oh, so, yeah. Nobody else will give it to them. So the Thailand's got a good. Um, deal distribution going. there. Yeah. Distribution, yeah. <laughs> but the Lugol's so. the Lugol solution, which is available, will work, right? Oh yes, yeah. So you need at least uh, five drops typically, and even if you have Hashimoto's. So Dr. Brownstein and, and another doctor did a research study showing that um, if you take enough uh, iodine, you don't develop. Hashimoto's to begin with. So the iodine is extremely important. Yeah. And uh, selenium. It's it's iodine and selenium. I'm sorry. It's not just iodine. It's iodine and selenium. And then that prevents the uh, Hashimoto's. But once you have it, you know, you can decrease the uh, counts of the uh, autoimmune thyroid problem by by giving the iodine and selenium and uh, proper thyroid treatment as well. Doctor, sorry, are you familiar with Dr. Brownstein's uh, uh, diet? He puts iodine on the forearm and watches it uh, absorb or whatever. I I never understood it. Are you are you familiar with it? I am familiar, but once again, it's not very accurate, uh, yeah. precise, or accurate. And okay. and iodine is the nature's bug killer. So anywhere there's a hole in your body, there's a hole. There's a large amount of iodine. So it kills pretty much all the bugs, every bacteria, virus, uh, parasites, fungus. It just uh, is a nature's bug killer, and you can't become allergic to it. It, de- it, de- it uh, destroys the cell membranes. And so uh, you need high levels of iodine in order to remain healthy. So that's some of the so most you're, important you're- things. Your Go book ahead. is titled Hypothyroidism Type 2, The Epidemic. What is, uh, what, what is the Type 2? Well, um, the Type 2, so Type 1 is when you have 
the regular allopathic doctors say that your your thyroid, you know, your hypothyroid, low thyroid, and so that that shows up with the TSH, uh, the normal normal way they diagnose and treat thyroid, but they're they think there's only about 5% of people or maybe they're up to 6 or 7 or even 8 these days that have hypothyroidism. But uh, old Dr. Broda Barnes, the MD-PhD, who did a lot of the research on how to prevent heart attacks, heart failure, diabetes, kidney failure, all that is in there. And um, so, oh, gosh, let's see. That's a type 2 you're talking about the Type now. 2, yeah. So that's type 1 when you can diagnose it like that. And type 2, uh, you, at least currently, you can't diagnose it um, because uh, the blood tests uh, don't pick it up. So for a long time, I thought that the like type, type 1 diabetes, uh, you can have normal or even elevated amounts of the insulin, but it doesn't get into the bloodstream and it doesn't function properly. So that's why uh, I named it type 2 because it has normal amounts of thyroid hormones uh, in, your, in your body, but it couldn't convert the uh, thyroid hormones and be utilized properly in, that, in the way it is. So let's see. Do you think there could be like contamination of the the molecule by you know chemicals or heavy metals and that's what's causing you know the fact that it's there but it's not working. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. There are hundreds of them. So type two, I wrote, it was peripheral peripheral resistance to the thyroid hormones at the cellular level, not a, not due to a lack of thyroid hormones. Normal amounts of thyroid hormones are detected by blood tests. Therefore, blood tests do not detect uh, type 2 hypothyroidism, which is usually uh, environmental toxins. And uh, the, the fact that the TSH uh, numbers are way too, uh, way too uh, low because you need, you need like I said, the uh, TSH should be like 0.1 to 3. Have you found the use of like ozone intravenously or through encephalation to be beneficial for hypothyroid? You know, I haven't I haven't uh, used ozone much uh, with uh, thyroid patients. It certainly is a wonderful bug killer and can bring back all sorts of problems. So uh, it certainly is a good uh, adjunct treatment but I haven't I haven't used it for the thyroid has anybody else no I well, have not yeah I've used it through ear insufflation and uh, for a number of things and I've actually even used it for like a toothache where you make a little hyperbaric chamber like out of silicon and pipe in the ozone over the tooth and um, it gets absorbed in the tooth and it kills any viruses or bacteria that may be in there but they say even for diabetes, um, the, the ozone is, can be very beneficial, type 2 diabetes. Well, I'm sure. 
You know, the nitric oxide is uh, one of the things that I use all the time these days. Are you familiar with that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah the mm-hmm. PO40. So that has a good, uh, a very good effect on pretty much everything, including preventing diabetes and helping the arteries become more flexible and so on, increased oxygen. So um, I think that... Go ahead. Didn't they find that with the astronauts when they came back from space? They had a tremendous amount of demineralization, and uh, the nitric oxide may have been beneficial in helping to remineralize their bones? Yes. Yeah. I, um, there's a company that's doing pellets these days, and they have an 8% uh, reverse. They can regrow 8% of uh, bones that are degenerating uh, wow. every year just by using their testosterone. So that's a big that's a big deal. Well, I know testosterone helps to convert the T4 to T3. Yes. So that's important. So that's all part of the adrenal hormone thing and and I think with a low thyroid you also get elevated estrogen which also messes up your bones. Yeah. No doubt about that. So- that's- Dr. Mark, uh, do you find any uh, problem with using testosterone uh, in older people with BPH or be concerned about the um, uh, the prostate cancer situation, or, or must you rule out all these first before you you uh, prescribe the testosterone? Uh, it turns out the more recent literature uh, shows that there uh, you may actually uh, reverse. Uh, some of the prostate cancer and mm-hmm. the uh, testosterone is actually very beneficial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's in the uh, BioT, and um, I think that's in the, some of the mainstream literature these days. That the uh, it's been proven now that the uh, testosterone does not exacerbate the prostate cancer. Of course, it has to be bioidentical. Right. Right. You know, all the synthetic. Uh, hormones uh, have much more, much higher rates of cancer. You know, the the uh, oh, the progesterone, progestins, not progesterone, but progesterone. I only believe in the bioidentical. Uh, yeah. I don't, uh, I don't yeah, have Mark, anything to do with synthetic. Yeah, yeah Mark, that's I, I know you have a degree in homeopathy, your medical homeopathy. Have you had a chance to use like homeopathic, like? Um, SAR codes of um, testosterone or other hormones? You know, I think that the real thing uh, outdoes pretty much everything. One of my colleagues uh, who passed away was always trying to get me to uh, recommend homeopathic thyroid. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I've tried every form of thyroid over the years, and I don't think there's anything that can touch the desiccated thyroid. Now, I know the Armour Thyroid from, I found out about 25 years ago, they were put in corn as a filler in there, whereas the uh, the one from RC, RCL, was it? There, theirs is more pure? RLC, yes. RLC, yeah. Yeah, it has a, uh, a coconut, I think it is. It's a coconut filler. Filler, uh-huh. allergenic. Right. Yeah, it's coconut-based. So it's much less allergenic. 
They just raised their prices some, but everybody's raising their prices, especially the big pharma. <laughs> so it's another reason they get off the drugs. <laughs> yeah. So the risk of figure that one out. What's that again? Figure that one out. I don't know why the drugs are going up like they are. I don't know what's what's behind that, but it's just it's bad for a lot can. of people for their medications. Oh yeah, it's unbelievable. I hope there's a I hope there's a change and uh, some some regulations are passed to help people, especially the older people who sometimes have to give up uh, food or their drugs or vice versa because they don't have the money. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially like the insulin has gone just through the roof. It's you know right. hundred dollars a copay now. It's just terrible. Right, wow. right. Yeah, and even more. And they, if you use the uh, thyroid, uh, Dr. Barnes found out that the uh, patients didn't get any of the uh, degenerative complications of long-term diabetes. So he was able to uh, obviate any of the diabetic, uh, like kidney failure, blindness, you know, amputations, on and on and on. So I, I also followed in his steps, and none of my patients who've been on a full therapeutic dosage of desiccated thyroid has had any untoward complications, except, you know, as they age, everybody loses it eventually. But uh, none of the diabetes and preventing heart attacks uh, Dr. Barnes did that long-term study on heart attacks. He had almost 1,600 patients for 20 years. According to the American average, he should have had, um, I think it's 72 heart attacks or 74, 72 heart attacks. And in 20 years, he only had four heart attacks, so over 90% reduction. So I did what he did. And for 15 years, I had no patients have a heart attack until uh, somebody came in that had four stents and was still smoking, and he had his heart attack at the VA hospital, and they did a stent and sent him out uh, back at work in two weeks. So in 15 years, using Dr. Barnes' uh, research and supplementation and some other things, so that's why I wrote my book called Heart Attacks, Heart Failure, and Diabetes, because I was able to prevent heart attacks, heart failure, and diabetes. So none of my patients on plenty of thyroid have ever had any um, complications of diabetes, and and they haven't had uh, heart attacks either. I've had just a couple heart attacks in all the years. How about you, Dr. Ron? Uh, I I did well, you know. I I was really fortunate. I I used I knew of Dr. Barnes uh, when I was in the army in the '60s. I got to meet uh, uh, Paul Dudley White and all the and so I right from the beginning of my career in the '60s I was a, a proponent of thyroid. So I have had great results with it. I only had bad results when they would go to a quote unquote uh, endocrinologist and they said well you can't take thyroid. you got to you have to take uh, levothyroid because that's what we use and and that's when my patients got into trouble yeah yeah well that's one reason i moved to phoenix because phoenix had uh, arizona and nevada are the only two states that have homeopathic medical boards and and you um are safe as long as you don't hurt anybody, and 
There's research showing that what you're doing has been proven to work. So I can treat patients in Arizona and not worry about uh, the medical board, the regular standard allopathic medical board. So that's one reason nobody gets enough thyroids because you have to they yeah, exactly. will take away your license if you use as much as I typically do. Exactly. Dr. Starr, we we are uh getting toward the end of our program. Uh I obviously I would like to thank you, but I would like you to just tell our audience the the titles of your book. I'm sure they're available on Amazon and uh, any other information uh your website, yeah, your website. Uh, anything yeah. we could put out there. All right. Well, the phone number here is 480-607-6503. And the uh, website is Mark Star M A R K S T A R R M D H as in homeopathic. So Mark Star M D H at Gmail dot com. And the Star Rejuvenation Center dot uh, net. So S T A R R Rejuvenation R E J U V E N Shun. <laughs> Uh, dot net. So starrejuvenationcenter.net is our website. And there are before treatment and after treatment pictures on the website, which are quite profound, I do believe. So um, okay. thank you we'll, for we'll having put me. That up I, on apologize. Our... I apologize for being somewhat disabled this afternoon. So maybe we can do it again when I'm not having an issue. We will do it again. And you're being disabled. You, you, you've you given more information that people are uh, You're functioning better than I've most given, doctors when they're normal. Than most doctors that we've had on here, so you've done really great. Like like Rush Limbaugh said, with one arm tied behind your back, it was a great show, great program. Agree. Right. Well, We're you. better than a one-armed paper hanger with fleas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I apologize for being You did great. No, this was great. I, I, I just want to thank you, and our audience wants to thank you. We'll, we'll put up the information on Facebook, and uh, we will definitely schedule next year because uh, we want to talk more next year about autoimmunity, and I think the thyroid has, fits in beautifully with that. Per, with that, We want to talk about with autoimmunity and uh, chronic inflammation, uh, which we, we're finding is really the basis of a lot of our, our problems today. So uh, we definitely want to have you back, Dr. Starr. All right. Well, I appreciate that. So thank you, Dr. Dan. Any any final words for Dr. Starr? Uh, I think uh, if, if this was a bad day, Dr. Starr, it sure was good. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'd, well, I'd like to see you on a, on a really good day. I, I don't know how you can be any better, but it was a great show, and uh, we appreciate it, and we wish you happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Thank and uh, have, have a great one, and hope Take to uh, uh, you know have you on again, Dr. Ryan will have you on again, and uh, it'll be wonderful. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay. Well, we will uh, say goodbye to Dr. Starr, and we will make sure. Now the crowd is going crazy. Tell us the Johnny Carson show. <laughs> we'll make sure we have him on again next year. Dr. Jerry, thank you for introducing Dr. Starr to do the Dr. Ron Unfiltered Uncensored show. We got a lot of information today. 
uh, and uh, we are going to sign out. I just want everybody to remember our veterans that are over there in the cold and living in a tent, uh, protecting us so that we can have shows like this, so we can have our freedoms. Uh, don't forget our veterans. So keep them in your prayers through the holidays. And Dr. Jerry, Dr. Dan, uh, this was an impromptu performance, but I, they really went very well. And uh, we might even do this again next week. Okay. Let us know where are we. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Take care. Take care. We'll Take see you on, on the radio. radio. Take care. Bye-bye. God bless. Dr. Ron and Dr. Ron have left the building. Thank you for listening to Rejuvenation Health Radio here on lockedtalkradio.com. See you next week.